What's going on, everybody? This is OG Goblin. Come catch live recordings of Geeks and Goblins every Saturday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time over on Goblin Gang Entertainment on YouTube. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Geeks and Goblins. It is me and my good friend, Utopian Revolt. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing great, man. Just finished watching Batman, so I'm on cloud nine right now. That is fantastic. Uh, you want to give the folks at home a good breakdown of what Geeks and Goblins is? What brought us to this point? Well, I mean, you and I like talking. Uh, we like talking about all things Geeks, all things Goblins. Uh, this felt like a natural stepping stone to not only, you know, expand the OG Goblin gaming brand, but also, you know, establish my own and just, you know, have an excuse to be talking about all this nerdy stuff, you know, on a weekly basis. Oh, yeah, man. I wouldn't rather be here with anybody else. I enjoy our conversations. We always have good ones. They're never fights. And I think that's like a big thing, a big reason why I wanted to do you because it's like an actual like good, healthy conversation. Never like right. uh, like we're going at each other. You know what I mean? Like it's healthy. It's yeah. informative. Uh, tell, tell the people a little bit about you. Um, well, I mean, I'm a self-described geek. I love Star Wars, I love comic books, I love Batman, I love DC, Marvel, uh, basically anything in the nerdiverse. Um, that's what makes me tick. I've always been passionate about it. Uh, I love talking. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm here, here I am doing that with uh, a good friend of mine. All right, man, all right. Let, let's see, let me see. I um, Because I, if uh, the chat knows you, I've been in the chat before, so give. Um, I, I learned something interesting about you recently. Uh, that I'm so upset that I didn't know before, um, because I think it, it's super interesting. Um, Assassin's Creed. <laughs> like, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Don't need to know the circumstances, but like, let tell tell them what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, so I had the incredible opportunity a couple of years back. I was still a teenager at this time. Uh, wow, it feels like it's such a long time ago. Um, but I had the opportunity to go with my family to Montreal, visit Ubisoft Montreal, um, and they gave me an incredible welcome. I left with a bunch of gifts, uh, but the biggest gift was what they ended up having me do throughout the whole day. It started with them basically bringing me to a recording studio for like motion capture. They made me put on the suit, had me do a little T-pose, you know, and kind of like sharpening a knife and stuff like that, and I paid no attention to it. Uh, but later on in the day, we go to this other room in the studio where they just had me stare at a bunch of bright lights that, quite honestly, blinded me for the rest of the day. <laughs> um, but it scanned my face. And at the end of the day, before we left the studio, they just had me kind of meander over to a desk. And they're like, hey, listen, this is you as uh, an NPC. We're going to be putting you in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. And uh, I'm in there. I'm in there in Assassin's Creed Syndicate. The only video I've been able to find is someone shooting me. But fair <laughs> enough. I guess that only makes sense. But uh, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. That's uh, that's my story with Assassin's Creed. Been a favorite franchise of mine, and it was a blast to be able to do that. Like for real, once in a lifetime opportunity. That's super cool, man. Like I, I, I said this to you when when I found out. I am I am going to run a series of of this. On the days that I cannot 
like find anything to do on stream i'm loading up assassin's creed syndicate and we are finding <laughs> you and and let's do it and, and i'm gonna I'm get you <laughs> oh no man all right you know it has to happen it has to happen just uh don't use a gun like that other guy i found uh try to be a little bit more creative about that Oh yeah, no, it's it's. I'm I'm gonna go like as creative as I possibly can. I haven't played Syndicate, so I don't know what I'm like fully capable of yet. But I'm 100% going to like end you in the most creative way possible. <laughs> <laughs> I know you've been planning it ever since I told you about it. I, I knew, have. I knew. I have. The PlayStation 4 is hooked up to the Elgato as we speak. I'm ready to go. This actually whole thing was actually just an introduction to me saying, guys, we're going to go hunt down Utopian Revolt and uh, <laughs> put an end to it. You know, I've always been curious. I want to know uh, the, 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 the story behind the name. Why Utopian Revolt? Um, that's actually a pretty recent name. Uh, I've been volunteering for certain political campaigns uh, over the past couple of years. Um, my thing is just, you know, pushing kindness and love out there. If we treat each other with kindness and love, I think we can just like lift the human race to the next level, you know, okay. that next level of consciousness, right? Um, so I'm all about, you know, continuing this revolution of a utopian vision for the future. Um, of course, there's no such thing as perfect, but it's something that's very near and dear to me. It's something I'm very passionate about, and that's why I'm utopian involved. Word, word. Let's. Uh, that's. I love that admiral i love that now um i think that's a perfect segue into something that was super far from utopian um we just came back from a screening of the batman i say a screening but we went to amc and paid for tickets like everybody else um man uh i, I wanted to talk about it just as we left the theater uh, your thoughts please Oh, it was, oh man, we had to bite our tongues like at least 20 times in like 15 <laughs> minutes. Uh, it's, it's crazy. Um, I'm going to start off by saying that the Batman is the definitive Batman movie. Ooh. Uh, it, it, it completely shocked me. I'm a personal fan of the Dark Knight trilogy, but after watching the Batman, I, I think it's on its whole another level. I think it's in its own league. It's not even close, in my opinion. That's, that's a bold not disrespect to Christopher Nolan or anything like that, but that's just how much I love this movie. That's a bold statement, man. Like, so I, I feel like there's there's not a lot to like say as far as a premise goes. Uh, this is year two Batman. He's coming in with only a year of experience, and the city is now being plagued by this guy named the Riddler. Who, if you're familiar with the lore, you know who the Riddler. But um. He's leaving clues and little uh, little riddles all throughout the city um, surrounding these murders. And the mystery behind it is, you know, um, corruption throughout the city. Uh, I I loved every second of it. I, I, I truly did. This was my second time seeing it. So uh, just, to, just to be completely honest, uh, I loved every second of it from Robert Pattinson's portrayal to the Gotham. I, I remember telling you a few days ago going into it you came to me and you asked me like is there something that i should watch before i go and see this and i said none of the movies go watch batman the animated series because it, that I, I feel like personally that's what it encapsulates primarily with what i consider a character the character of gotham yeah like yeah. i um what no go ahead go ahead yeah i mean touching on that gotham was portrayed in such a realistic way 
Like every other Batman movie, it just felt more like a set than it did a city. Whereas this one just straight up felt like a carbon copy of New York. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It felt gritty. It felt very down to the ground. It felt very crime centric. And yep. that's everything that I ever wanted from anything Batman, you know? Yep. And I, I think it's, uh, I think we should preface this with, uh, of course, I think it'd be safe to say this should be a spoiler, as spoiler free as possible, uh, just to, you know, save, save some people some pain. Uh, but I couldn't agree with you more. Uh, I think. I think something that always irritated me about, um, for example, Christopher Nolan's um, Batman, uh, and if you know me, you know how I feel about Christopher Nolan, uh, something that irritated me about Christopher Nolan's Batman was always that the city felt too clean. It, it, it didn't feel like this like cursed city like where everything's dirty and rotten. They kind of got it with Batman Begins um, a little bit in the beginning with the, uh, I think they called it the Narrows. Uh, and I, I feel like it was such a little section of that, whereas now with this Batman, the city is the Narrows. Like, this is a jacked up place, man. Like, you, you're not trying to be out after nine. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, man, yeah. No, I definitely understand what you're saying. Uh, just, you know, it's just so much emphasis on the people of Gotham in, mm-hmm. this time around. And I think that's where I was able to connect with the city much more than I was with that Christopher Nolan trilogy. Oh, yeah. I, I, now, in comparison to the other ones, Christopher Nolan aside, like, where do you think it falls between, you know, uh, our, our Tim Burton Batman and our Joel Schumacher Batman? And I guess we didn't get a lot of Gotham in Batman vs. Superman, Justice League, but we do have an idea of what that Gotham is like. Um, how would you put it in comparison to the, to the other Gotham? Uh, so... We talked about this a little bit earlier, especially about the Michael Keaton ones, right? Uh, where it felt more like a kind of a victim of that era of, mm-hmm. of superhero movies, where it was very cheesy, very over the top, very like uh, like twirling the mustache type of villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this one just felt realistic. It felt like you can connect with this not as a superhero movie, just as about a movie about crime, which. Like, if you know Batman, he's a detective first, yeah, a absolutely. superhero second. Right. Yeah, no, it's um, it's it's a detective movie. And I think that's by far my favorite thing. It, it, well, tonight, uh, my favorite thing about the Batman, it is a absolute detective movie. Like, of course, there's combat, but it's a detective movie. And I think something that's important about that is the way it's shot. Like, c- cinematography-wise, oh, my, ugh, my God. <laughs> it's so gorgeous. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like there were certain scenes where I just thought to myself, I've never seen this in a Batman movie, much less a superhero movie. Like they did some very interesting stuff, and what's really cool uh, is that the cinematography matched up with the musical score in a way mm-hmm. that I thought was very masterful, and it, it brought me into the movie that much more. Oh, yeah, they move together so well. Like, and I, I was telling you this after the fact, one of the few things we talked about. Um, after the fact, you know, I was like, uh, you, you know, watching the trailers, I was like, ah, uh, I, I don't like the score. It, it seemed like loud and boisterous. And I was like, oh, it's too much. I thought it was way too much. But returning to that, you know, I was watching it. It, 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 it works in tandem with the film so well. It helps move those scenes along and it helps build that suspense uh speaking of the cinematography what do you think of the fights oh man so the fights 
they were so it's funny because in superhero movies the fights are usually like the centerpiece right what yeah. they focus on whereas this oh we have a little surprise appearance by a uh, little lady here new little adopted kitty we're gonna buy she wants to say hi <laughs> everybody say hi um, to the baby oh mittens isn't little... here i just realized mittens mittens is not part of geeks and goblins unfortunately <laughs> yeah. but uh, mittens has a little friend oh <laughs> How appropriate! So, uh, we're we're going... talking about the Batman, and we have a we have the cat pop up. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah. I mean, okay. So going back to the fights, the fights didn't feel like they were the center of any of the scenes. It felt like the fights were kind of happening happening around what they wanted you to focus on, mm-hmm. which I thought was super super awesome. Like and something I hadn't really seen before. Um, and just yeah, I mean. Seeing a couple of other characters fight with Batman, it just, it really shocked me to the core how great the fighting choreography was, just how well put together everything was. Oh yeah, uh, specifically to like highlight one, without giving away too much about it, there is, um, there is uh, and it's in the trailer, so it's not a giveaway too much at all, there is a fight scene in a club, and w- what, caught it, what caught that particular fight scene for me was, it didn't feel like a staged fight. It just happened. It flowed into the actual film so well. It didn't. It didn't feel like we were setting up for it. We didn't. It, it, it was so perfect. Like, and I had to. That second watch was actually what made me realize, like, yo, it it, it just happens. Like, we're, no setup. Not too hard. It doesn't feel forced in the movie. It's just like this is the situation he would find himself in where he may have to fight, and it it played out super super well. And I think it plays to his his Batman very well i speaking of which uh his batman portrayal so i i'm 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 torn saying he's my favorite batman sometimes i was a big big fan of the ben affleck batman huge fan of the but he robert pattinson's kind of stealing my heart a little bit i kind of got a little a little crush on emo batman yeah I think so, and what I liked the most, he wasn't emo just to be emo. Yeah, he was emo for a reason, and it <laughs> fit the story so well. And I, I just like talking about this out loud with you. Just makes me realize how natural everything felt, and I feel like every single second of the movie played into the next second of the movie, and everything just felt so cohesive. And oh my god, it, it, yeah, no, uh, Robert Pattinson killed it as batman he killed it as bruce wayne he killed it as a human being he killed it as an actor like i wouldn't be surprised if he gets some uh nominations for this performance oh definitely like maybe like a kid's choice award or something like that i, I feel like it's such a good performance though like i hold it in regard personally um both his batman and his uh, uh i was about to say joker both his batman and his bruce wayne performance i hold it in as high regard as I hold Joaquin Phoenix's performance in the Joker as, as the Joker, like me personally, that's how much I feel like he invested in that role. I feel like as Batman, he does everything that he's supposed to do. He puts off the brooding. Like he has even little funny moments where like he, I don't want to say he breaks character, but like for him, it's, it's almost like that awkward friend that like, that, that's, that thinks literal things are funny. Like, I think I, this isn't this wouldn't be a spoiler line at all. But there's a moment where someone says, "Oh, I've got you on assaulting a cop," and he's like, "You've got me on assaulting three. Like, that's hilarious. 
Like, that's yeah. funny. Like, that's that's Loki, like, something Batman would say. And a lot of those scenes that he has really feed, like, really give the animated series vibe for me, for, for, for me definitely. Um, right. Interesting question in reference to his Batman. Do you feel like this is a Batman that could be in the Justice League? I feel like it'd be different than any Justice League we've seen before. And I think it'll okay. be... Um, it reminds me of those old animated Justice League cartoons, you know, where uh, Batman was there, definitely like that the odd man out of the group, where he kind of felt like a lone ranger, a part of this bigger group of heroes. Um, but I, I can't absolutely see that happening. And if you ask me, I think that's an even interesting, uh, even more interesting take on the Justice League. So yeah, absolutely. Okay, I um I agree with you. I I do think, I do think I'd like to see him maybe in a few years you know what i mean like definitely a year two batman definitely doesn't fit into uh into justice league at all like i definitely i definitely could see it maybe like five or six years down the line he's a little bit more seasoned we may be getting into robin territory and stuff like that you know um but i could definitely see him i think he would fit well um the question i feel like is more raised around that is like what would a justice league around his batman like you know, uh, would he play well with the Boy Scout like Clark Kent? Because you know there's that there's that best friend uh, aspect that they have. Right. So like, how well would that fit in? Um, Robert Pattinson, I I think did did a really good, I think he would be a pretty decent Justice League Batman. What's your overall opinion on him? And also in comparison to other Batman actors, ah, uh, so he definitely was a different take, right? That, that actually that just goes hand in hand with the entire movie it was a different take on batman a different take on bruce wayne a mm -hmm. different take on the wayne family so i think in comparison to other batmans he's right up there at the top right um i'm you know i'm thinking ben affleck i'm thinking yeah. about michael keaton all right you say right uh, up there at the top to, but like, you don't say at the top names <laughs> um i just think that he played the role that he needed to play for this movie, for this part of Bruce Wayne's journey. Okay. And I think by the end of the movie, we get a better taste of what his I am Batman Batman would look like. And I'm all for it, man. Okay. Okay. I can dig that. I can dig that. So I, I, think, I think the elephant in the room, because he, he sets such like a high standard for the character, Robert Pattinson's Batman versus Christian Bale's Batman. I, I got to know what your opinion is. I got to know where you stand. Oh, man. I think you noticed me not trying to mention Christian Bale at all. <laughs> be honest. Be early. honest. Let it fly. <laughs> Let it rip. <laughs> so, I think Christian Bale was definitely a superhero Batman, like a superhero first and a Bruce Wayne second. Whereas, I, I feel like Robert Patterson was Bruce Wayne first and Batman second. Okay. And... <laughs> It all comes down to personal preference, what I'm feeling at the time. Sometimes I just want, you know, that superhero. Uh, sometimes I want just that Bruce Wayne. But I think right now in this day and age, I think Robert Patterson takes the cake for me. Okay, okay. Um, I, will, I will combat that with, I think Robert Pattinson's Batman is better. I think Christian Bale's Bruce Wayne, absolutely. And I don't think that's his fault at all. I think that is a byproduct of the film that we have. He doesn't know how to be Bruce, you know? 
Like, he is just emo Batman. He is dealing with just being emo So I, 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 I cannot wait. Like, I, I, I know there's sequel talks happening, but I cannot wait to see, like, where this character goes when he finally decides to take on that, I guess, Playboy, um, Playboy persona. So, uh, real quick, the other characters. Um, uh, let's, let's run through those guys. Riddler, I think, astounding. I, I'm, ooh, something almost came out that I feel like I shouldn't say. I'm gonna let you speak your piece first, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna be the devil's advocate. I'm gonna try to be the, uh, the bad guy that people hate here. I think the Riddler was a psychopathic. He was, some of the scenes with him in the movie were just chilling. Like, some of his laughs and yeah. mannerisms, it just really made me feel uncomfortable in the best way possible. Okay, okay. I like that. In reference to, say, I don't want to say Jim Carrey's Riddler, because I, I think they're two separate characters. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like yeah. they're two it's different takes. different universe. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Right. But in the grand scheme, in the grand league of all other Batman villains that we've had on TV, where do you think he stands? So, it's all in relation to this movie. I keep going back to this. This yeah. movie was very much different because it was a realistic take on Gotham. And for me, that made it even more relatable. His intentions and what he was trying to accomplish made sense and made you kind of root for him in a way. But the way he was going about it absolutely like rubs you the wrong way. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I... I <laughs> It's it's hard to make those direct comparisons with I this know. movie. I feel like, but, <laughs> but I genuinely believe he was the best Riddler only because he was the most villainous Riddler that I have personally encountered. Okay, okay. Um, so okay, now I'm going to take this opportunity to say my uh, slanderous um, statement, which I'm is going to piss somebody off. <laughs> it's, I uh, I might lose a follower or two. Um, emergency exit <laughs> if you're here. I swear, if you unfollow me and follow me again. And ruin my analytics i will find you um, um i preferred the riddler to the joker from the dark and i mean that i'm not saying from a performance standpoint uh i i think heath ledger obviously deserved his um obviously deserved all of his accolades uh rest in peace to heath ledger did an amazing performance as uh the joker but as a like as a batman villain as someone that i'm like terrified of uh that actually uh moves the plot forward and the portrayal and what he means to the world that he's in i absolutely think absolutely think the riddler was a better villain than uh, Chris, uh than christopher nolan's You know, it's funny because I was, I was, my immediate reaction is to like immediately just tell you that that's heresy, right? Because <laughs> uh, Heath Ledger's Joker is not just in Batman history, but in movie history is up in like an upper echelon yeah. of villains, right? But uh, I think you're right, man. I, I just genuinely believe you're right because the Riddler in this movie was terrifying. Yeah. But I think it was terrifying because it felt so real. Like, you mm -hmm. can see something like that actually happening. And it just, it makes you feel even more scared, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think I agree with you. As, as crazy as that sounds, I agree with you. 
I, I think my biggest problem with, like, the Christopher Nolan villains has always been, like, they always just felt like mob guys. Like, yeah. they always just, they, even Joker, like, and even to a degree, Bane and Talia al Ghul and um, the League of Shadows, it all just felt like mob stuff. I, I felt yeah. like I was watching a Martin Scorsese movie, like, with, like, just a fresh coat of paint on it sometimes. Whereas with this, like, it fits so well. It, it, it fits absolutely so well. And even down to, like, characters like Catwoman. Catwoman was done justice in this movie. Oh, oh hell yeah. Catwoman hell was yeah. done absolute justice. Whether we're talking about, like, the old, like, Justice League uh, Unlimited stuff, Batman animated series stuff, like, any of the animated Batman things, or the comic books for that matter, I honestly think she may be the most comic accurate character in the entire film. <laughs> like, so you're telling me that she's more accurate than Halle Berry is Catwoman? No, um, I'm sorry, I completely forgot. Halle Berry's Catwoman is the pinnacle and the absolute um, plateau that is comic book acting as a whole. Like, right. Christian Bale, forget about him. Robin, Robert Pattinson, forget about him. Robert Downey Jr. is Iron Man? What? No one's trying to see that. I feel like we've been done a disservice with not having received a Catwoman 2 starring the Halle Berry. Just saying. Right. Right. No, you're completely right. And, uh, you know, um, no. I, I think the most ideal casting in that sense, like, because we got to get into the romance of that, we, we've got to get Danny DeVito as Batman. Because who else is really going to be able to pull off the nuance no. that is the character? I think you're right. I mean, no one can, I don't think. Yeah. Uh, maybe Channing Tatum, but I think he just... He's, he's too macho for that. You know, Halle Berry's Catwoman wouldn't fall for that. Exactly. And then we can lead into a whole Batman Beyond with George Clooney reprising his role as Batman. Like, it, it'd be fantastic. Dwayne The Rock Johnson as um, Terry McGinnis. <laughs> yeah. And Chris Rock um, gets to come on, because we haven't seen him in a while. Chris Rock right. and Eddie Murphy actually can interchangeably be the role of the Joker. You know, this started off as a joke, but you won me over. Won <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. You're going to come to me tomorrow and be like, yo, I wrote a script. It's amazing. <laughs> oh, um, no. Going back to this rendition of Catwoman, though, like, you're right, man. Like, it, it kicked ass. Not just as Catwoman, but also Selena Kyle. You know, it, mm -hmm. this this movie did a fantastic job of portraying everybody, not just as their, like, their role, yeah. but as their the person as well um but i think this was very much i think it was as much a catwoman movie as much as it was a batman movie oh yeah it felt like crazy. the bat and the cat yeah yeah absolutely so i gotta ask um because we gotta wrap up the, the batman section here um is there anything you disliked i I have not had much time to process the movie. I'll be completely honest. Okay. Uh, I've been trying to think about anything that I've disliked about the movie. I, I can't I can't think of anything. It's crazy because <laughs> I usually come out of a movie with one or two things. But this, I'm not going to say that this was a perfect movie objectively, but this was the perfect utopian revolt movie. Okay. This was the perfect, it just, it, it, it made me fall in love with Batman all over again. Uh, I think the pacing was perfect. I've heard some complaints about it, but I think every single second of the movie was earned. Yeah. I think that the, the I mean the main core of the movie was all about fear and the pacing 
it, it allowed you to decompress after a scene, and then it rolls you right into this like very tense other scene. I, I, I love the movie. I can't think of anything I disliked about it. But, you know, that can change with a second time watching it. Um, Absolutely. But as of right now, I can't think of anything. Fair enough, fair enough. I, I think my only dislike, I see the comments popping off a little bit right now. Um, and I do have to agree with one moment of um, uh, dislike for me with the pacing. Um, there is a moment. I can act this out here, and it's going to be, I think it's going to be brilliant. Let me move over. <laughs> Y'all get to see my living room. There is a moment where Batman moves this slow <laughs> yeah and it drove me insane not like in a bad way but like definitely in a like all right all right we've got some time we uh we said we were making a three-hour movie and we're making a three-hour movie like it didn't it, it didn't drive me insane as it uh drove my wife but um uh, I do think there were uh, a couple of long shots that could have been cut down a little bit. Would have killed the runtime of the movie, no, but um, I think there were a, a couple of moments that could have done with uh, just kind of getting to the point a little bit. Um, as far as like, I, I admittedly at first when I left the film, I was like, okay, maybe he was a little too brooding. Maybe, maybe there was like moments of like he. It, I don't want to say like he could have been like a little lighter. But I think the goal for him was to, to uh, portray terror. Like, he's, yeah. he's supposed to embody fear for the people of Gotham. So, I, and I liked seeing it switch on at moments where he would be, you know, conversing with other characters. And um, he would need to switch on, like, the whole, all right, time to put some fear in this guy. Like, I got to make him talk. Those are the moments that, uh, that I initially didn't like, but uh, fell in love with, actually, on a second, uh, second viewing. So, yeah. Yeah. overall, your thoughts on the Batman? Let's call it a. Um, let's call it. How many geeks do you give the Batman? <laughs> Out of how many geeks are we talking about? Uh, let's 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 go five geeks. I always thought I always thought ten was a little too too open in the air. Right. Um, five geeks. Ooh. Five geeks. Five geeks. Actually. Yeah. Five. This geeks. is one of my favorite movies in the last decade. Ooh, I'm, that's I'm not even being facetious. That's exactly how I feel. Oof, that is that's bold. That's <sighs> I gotta give it four and a half goblins. Okay, four and a that's half goblins. Um, again, the chat is popping off. Without having gotten into it, because we didn't really get into it, because we're running over on the Batman section right now. They did do Alfred dirty. My man Alfred, no spoilers, really. My man Alfred is in this movie in three scenes. <laughs> like, yeah. And they're doing Alfred dirty, man. Alfred is the backbone of that character. He really is. And um, I'd yeah. like to hope that in a sequel we get some more love for um, Alfred. Right. I completely agree with that. And here we are. We're moving on. I think this is going great. <laughs> like, yeah. Moving I'm on. Fun. You having fun? I'm having a great time. I'm having a great time. Especially now I finally got to get all that talk about the Batman out of the way. Um, I've been needing to get it out. I've had to get it off my chest. <laughs> now it is time to move on. Let's talk about Kenobi. General Kenobi. We got the trailer. If What was it? Yesterday? Was it yesterday or the day before yesterday? It was the day before yesterday. It was 
Yeah, yeah. During that investor call. Yes, during the uh, Disney investor call, which, by the way, if you've never listened to a Disney investor call, uh, it was an interesting experience, all the before stuff. Not going to get into the before stuff at all, but um, what we are going to do is we are going to take a look together at that trailer. So I'm going to go ahead and send it on over to the trailer screen. Uh, Silence yourselves so that the people can hear the trailer. It, it it's the end bit of the music for me. I've I've it's the end bit of the music for me that it's always just got dun 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 dun. dun. <laughs> like, I, it sent me, bro. It completely sent me. I became a whole separate person. <laughs> oh man, listen, I'm calling it right now. Obi Wan Kenobi is gonna be the pinnacle of Star Wars. Nothing's Ooh. ever gonna be able to top it. It's oh man, the fact that it's a limited series, six episodes, is just is essentially like two uh two like a two like two movies something like that or like a trilogy we're getting basically an obi-wan trilogy in the form of a limited series um he looks fucking fantastic he looks you so good here, like I, oh my god he looks like, so good like it oh that that's a bold statement like pinnacle of star wars don't you know the mandalorian exists din Djarin <laughs> is right there carrying this franchise on his back like I, I agree. But oh I have I have God. one counterpoint though. Okay. Like, you would you and McGregor, man. Obi-Wan Kenobi, like Obi-Wan Kenobi lifted the prequel trilogy by himself. Oh, you absolutely. Know what I'm saying? He he was Din Jarin before Din Jarin was carrying the Star Wars franchise. Oh yeah. And we got Inquisitors, we have the whole Jedi hunt. Uh we had Duel of the Fates and the Trait. Oh. We have Hayden Christensen coming back. Oh, <laughs> this is this is all that like young utopian revolt ever wanted from star wars and i mean that's just a representation of like star wars fans because like this is something that star wars fans have been like dreaming of for ages all we oh. have wanted was like a follow-up like tell us those years of what kenobi was doing on tatooine or anywhere else like that's why this movie is like so exciting like it it, it presents so much opportunity right like we get to see, right. he's not even just on Tatooine, right? We get to see him, um, I forget the name of that uh, planet that they showed um, one of the Inquisitors on. Um, I think it's no, new. It was actually in Jedi, it's, it, it was in Jedi Fallen Order. It was like where the fortress for the Inquisitors are. I'm, 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 I'm looking it up right now because I, I need to know. Uh, it's inspired, to my understanding, inspired off of um, uh, Hong Kong. So that actually does bring up an interesting point for me. I, I, I don't think I ever got to um, have this conversation with you, but Star Wars, in my opinion, as of late, has started to feel a little pedestrian. Like, pedestrian might... It started to seem a little too much like Star Trek. So, and, and what I mean by that is... Let's take the Mandalorian, not the Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, uh, for example. In Book of Boba Fett, I think something that universally the fans were just not fond of was the, the little bike rider guys, uh, the little mod squad that they threw in there. The um, Rangers, you mean? It, uh, yeah. It, it seemed to like be an addition to like all these like new things that they're tossing into the Star Wars franchise. 
the um uh the casino in uh the last jedi that just seemed like so clean and so fresh and it for me it's extending even into like what we're getting in star wars from uh like reality perspective where now we have the galactic star cruiser experience uh at disney and if you've seen any of that experience like it just seems so clean it, it's and not to say that star wars should be dirty but like i feel like we're starting to see star wars become a lot more of what a, a lot more of what it's not and kenobi is super refreshing and exciting for me because it feels like star wars yeah it feels I, like I, star wars i completely agree with that honestly it, it the the new shows and even the new movies it felt kind of like a return to the prequel era of Star Wars where everything was very polished everything felt very kid centric I I understand that Star Wars was always a kid property aimed at children but the, at least the original trilogy felt very uh, mature in that matter the the world felt alive it felt lived in it felt rusty it felt like a world. Um, and I got that sense with the Obi-Wan Kenobi trailer in, in a way that I haven't really with the recent Star Wars stuff. Yeah, like, I, and I think, I think it's kind of what Star Wars needs to be right now. It, we, going back to those, those roots of what Star Wars is, you know, um, that love letter in a lot of ways to, uh, Spaghetti Western, as well as a love letter to, uh, old samurai film like old kurosawa films like that blend is exactly what star wars needs to go back to it, it star wars should always i feel like going forward be a love letter to the originals because they were so unique and now i feel like a big part of what we're getting with star wars doesn't doesn't feel unique anymore and i feel like taking away a lot of the extended universe stuff that we had uh previously we're relying on so much new material when the material is out there and people want to see it. Like, can you imagine, I, I, I'm now going to test your depths of like the extended universe here. Can you imagine if we get Mara Jade here? And, oh man. Oh man. Like, yeah. I, I, I can't imagine that. And I've imagined it. It's freaking awesome. Let's do it. <laughs> Mara Jade. Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm here for it. Like Mara Jade. Like, I wonder if they're going to find a way to integrate um Dinjarin, are we going to get the Mandalorian and the child in this at all? I I'm I'm pr I think the timelines kind of add up more or less. I um I, I don't think so actually. I think from what I read that Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be set 10 years after Revenge of the Sith. Okay. Uh, to give you uh to give you an example, Jedi Fallen Order was only 5 years. So it's gotcha. still going to be within that time period between uh, Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, whereas The Mandalorian is uh, after Return of the Jedi. Gotcha, um, gotcha. So I don't think we're going to oh, be Oh, I'm tripping. I'm sorry. That. I knew that. <laughs> I'm being tripping. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we did see some other characters. I have uh, seen some rumors of Bail Organa coming back and being shown up. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised to see uh, Rosario Dawson come back as Ahsoka. Mm -hmm. uh, would honestly, I wouldn't be surprised to see Liam Neeson come back as the Force of Qui Gon. Qui Gon, the, the chat is well. calling for Qui Gon. <laughs> like, yeah, it needs like, to happen. It needs. And uh, just just so we can, uh, I don't want to leave anybody in the dark. Um, uh, can we elaborate a little bit on who Mara Jade is? Right. So 
Mara Jade is essentially uh, Luke Skywalker's lover in the in the original expanded universe. Um, very much his equal in terms of leadership, in terms of you know just general general badassery. Uh, she you know had that iconic red hair, purple lightsaber. She used to work for the Empire. She defected and like started working with uh, with Luke and became just an overall kick ass Jedi. Um, we haven't seen any hints of her showing up in this uh, in the new uh, canon, uh, but I wouldn't be surprised if we do see that, considering we have a 30-year time period that hasn't really been explored after Return of the Jedi and pre-The Force Awakens. You know? Oh yeah, there, there's just so much unseen and like untested stuff with Star Wars that they could get. Um, things that you would like to see. Uh, uh, I think we've already gotten over a couple of them. Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn, for sure. Like, Absolutely. I, I think it's about time that we see Liam, Liam Neeson come back to Star Wars. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I'm excited to see... Right. I don't I'm think it's going to happen. excited to see Hayden. You don't think it's going to happen? No, not at all. I'm sorry. I, I think Liam Neeson is done with the franchise. <laughs> I, if anything, I, I, we I might think... get him like how we get Luke. I think we're not going to get him as a full-blown Force ghost visually because I believe in the end of, uh, of Revenge of the Sith, they said that he was still training, uh, but he's teaching the other Jedi on how to become Force ghosts. Mm -hmm. But I do absolutely think that we hear Liam Neeson's voice talking to Obi-Wan Kenobi uh, every now and then. Okay, okay. Um, I can accept that. How, how about you? Is there like anything you're particularly looking forward to or excited about or look wanting out of this? More Duel of the Fates. Um, like, honestly, I wouldn't be upset if, like, for the every episode they just blasted Duel of the Fates. I don't even need dialogue. I just want Duel of the Fates. Um, uh, jokes aside, um, the rematch. The, the rematch. rematch. So, we got that in Rebels. Yeah. Uh, and we got that in Rebels, which is set ten years, uh, five to ten years after Obi-Wan Kenobi. So... If we do get that rematch, I feel like it's going to be the very, very end of the series, and it's going to be like a time jump, and oh. we're going to be seeing live-action Ezra for the first time. Uh, that's been rumored for a long time, uh, but yes, you're absolutely right. I need to see that in live-action. Live-action Ezra? We're bringing those Rebels characters in? That's what we're doing? That's what you want to do? Yes, sir. I mean... In the original Rebels episode, where it was that samurai-style rematch, Ezra yeah. was in there. He was the whole reason why Darth Maul was led to Obi-Wan. Uh, so, yeah, I, I just need to see this in live action. And it would be kick-ass to see Ezra, because we're probably going to be seeing him in the Ahsoka show anyways. Okay, I'll, I'll hope for that as well. That's on my list. And I, I will also agree with the chat here. Um, Cal Kestis. Are oh. we going to get some Cal oh. Kestis? I mean, okay, so they are going to be showing the, the Fort Inquis Inquisitorius, I think is the name, uh, where Cal Kestis invaded the at the end of Jedi Fallen Order. Yep. Uh, spoilers, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> if you haven't played it by now, know. it's too bad. I, I think it'd be the prime opportunity to show him off in live action because we are starting to ramp up to the sequel coming out. Uh, but I, I, I don't see it happening, at least not yet. You don't? No. I don't I do know. I think it's a, a perfect opportunity. Um, I agree, though. I, I'm, I'm not entirely too sure that it's going to happen. And I think... I, I need to correct myself. Okay, I was thinking of another character, uh, uh, another actor, pardon. Uh, I'm not necessarily sure what Cameron Monaghan, the, the actor that portrays Cal Kestis, is doing right now. For some reason, I thought he was um, the actor that is going to be portraying um, 
what's his name? Um, Adam Warlock in Guardians of the Galaxy. So I was going to say that it may be just a little too, um, it, it, it's way too many hopes, but I'm thinking of a whole separate actor altogether. I'm not necessarily sure what he's been doing, but I, I think it would be a good opportunity to bring him back on. Whether or not it'll happen, I, I don't know, but I think he would be a great fit into the character. I do think it would be way too ambitious, way, way too I think it's going to happen uh, very soon. I just don't think it's going to happen in the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I think, if anything, it might be in the Ahsoka series mm-hmm. or any of these, like, uh, Empire, um, the Empire era shows or even, like, the Return of the Jedi era shows. Yeah. I, I just, I, I think that the Obi-Wan Kenobi show is going to be very much focused on Obi-Wan Kenobi. I, I'd be surprised if we saw Calcastus. Uh, yeah. I would welcome it, but I don't see it happening. I think you bring up an interesting point there. I think one thing that super pissed me off with uh, Book of Boba Fett, we never really got to focus on Boba Fett, like out sort of right. outside of those flashbacks. You know, we got the flashback right. stuff that kind of like set up where his mind is right now, really kind of what his motivations are. But after that point, maybe we got another episode, and then it was like. Boom, we're getting uh, Din Djarin's back. Then we got Luke, Ahsoka. Like, it, it just, it went all over the place. And we never, re- Book of Boba Fett really felt more like like a, a, a stepping stone to get us to uh, Mandalorian Season 3. So, I mean, I, I hate to make the joke about it, but it felt like Mandalorian Season 2 and a half. Like, Yeah, I, I think that's, I think you're completely right about that. I think that it was a little unfortunate. It felt like uh, the Book of Boba Fett was more of a prequel to an actual Boba Fett show. Um, but it, it, that's exactly my point. I think Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to be very much contained to the Obi-Wan story. Yeah. And I would hate for the same thing to happen to Obi-Wan Kenobi show. Um, oh, yeah. I, I just need to have six one-hour episodes of <laughs> Ewan McGregor without I hope so. any distractions from Ewan McGregor. I hope so. Um, just because it, we've, we've talked about him so much, it, it sparked something in my mind. Do you think that Cal Kestis is deserving of cameos and becoming a presence in Star Wars? I, I know when he uh, came out, um, uh, some of that conversation we'll leave aside. I, I don't think it's really, um, I don't think that parts of uh, his reception are really, should live on this show, but I will say his reception as a character wasn't met, I think, as warmly as they would have liked. He's, he doesn't, I, I will admit, I don't think he's that special of a character. I think he serves well for video game purposes to explain that story of like a, of a Padawan that got, that's surviving after Order 66. But we also live in a world with your Ezra's, and um, I always forget the um, the other na- the j- name of the other Jedi and Rebels. Um, Kanan. Yes, uh, Kanan. Uh, we live in a world with Kanans and Ezra's. You know, um, at this point, we're talking about kind of similar characters in two different, um, just in two different mediums. I was not that impressed with Cal Kestis. Frankly, I was more impressed with the Inquisitor. <laughs> That was the villain in the story. <laughs> like, I, I agree it, with that. We don't see that side of Star Wars often. So we, we always see like the Jedi perspective. 
but we very seldom get to see the villain perspective. And honestly, that was something that I wanted out of Book of Boba Fett as well. Uh, not necessarily a villain, but, you know, that underbelly of um, of Star Wars, that seedy underbelly. But even, you know, they've transitioned Boba Fett into this kind of the nice guy a little bit, which I've never been a big Boba Fett fan. I always thought the Boba Fett love was a little um, overblown and kind of like... Um, exaggerated for a character that wasn't there very much but you know we don't i i feel like they're trying to uh, disney the bad in star wars so i i feel like a story about the inquisitors or at least that inquisitor from fallen order would have been really interesting yeah i think going back to your original question i think cal kestis is worthy of a cameo i think he was a little boring in jedi fallen order but I think it's very much a situ- like going back to the Batman, kind of like Robert Patterson in the like year or two of Batman. There's still so much room for Cal to grow as you know, as a person, yep. as a, like a personality and That's as a fair. Jedi. And it would be interesting to see him in the big screen. And I think the big screen would give him the the added depth that a video game or at least Jedi Fallen Order wasn't able to. That's fair. I I, I can agree to that. Uh, that that that's pretty fair. And also, it's Pattinson. Pattinson. Oh, yes. yes. <laughs> I meant to say something about it earlier, but I was like, ah, he'll get it right. But <laughs> um, I agree. I completely agree. So real quick, let's get over a weekly roundup. This is the section where we're going to like briefly head over some of the things that uh, happened this week. But, you know, takes up, would take up too much time. We'd love to be here for you guys for like four or five hours. We could do this all day. But unfortunately, we have wives and lives and girlfriends and kittens. So the weekly roundup, you want to start us off? Uh, yeah, uh, we had uh, Sony State of Play. They showed off some pretty cool things like uh, Exo Primal, which is being made by, I believe it was Capcom. Mm-hmm. It looks kind of like a Dino Crisis meets Earth Defense Force type yeah. of thing. Um, let's see, we also had uh, Returnal. They announced co-op and they announced an Endless Tower. Really? Uh, playing that game co-op. Azu, I'm looking at you. We're doing that. Okay. We're going to play that co-op. That It looks like so much fun. I like the little um, bit of Returnal that I played. They, what happened? No, I was saying I like the the little bit of Returnal that I played. Yeah, it's it's very interesting. It, it reminds me kind of like, um, it's a it's like a roguelike like Hades, but mm-hmm. it has that Dark Souls type of feel to it too. And I, I think it was just a very interesting game overall. Um, but let's see, I forget some of the other things that they've announced. Let me see if I can quickly. Uh, the Gundam uh, Evolution, I think it's uh, it's called. Yes. Uh, the, the Gundam Overwatch, more or less. Yes. Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, I love Overwatch. Um, I love Gundam. It's maybe my number three favorite anime franchise, like ever. So you you give me those two things, you make a baby. I'm a happy boy. Uh, as long as I get to um, beat somebody's ass as uh, Gundam Barbatos, I am a happy man. Um, as long as I get to ch- chop somebody up as uh, Gundam Deathside, I am a happy man. Like, give me more <laughs> Gundam. I, I can make a whole segment on Gundam. I'm sorry. Right. The old Gundam PS2 no. games, that's all I'm going to say. If you grew up with Gundam PS2 games, you know why I love it. Moving on. Well, you know, to, to follow up on that, the last thing I want to talk about the state of play, there were other things announced, but uh, it's, it's very similar to how you feel about Gundam. Uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the Kawabunga Collection. Ooh. Holy crap, that is happening. And I am here for it. I'm so excited for that. Dude, I'm a... Um, 
I'm a franchise fan, so I understand. <laughs> um, so, aside of the state of play, we had uh, Elden Ring come out. Uh, everyone's oh, yeah. <laughs> everyone's been talking about Elden Ring. I played like around seven hours. I'm slacking compared to uh, some other people in the OG Goblin game. Um, but uh, we also had Gran Turismo Seven came out. I've played a little bit more of that than I had Elden Ring. I want to play because it. It, it legitimately feels like you're driving the cars because mm. they have motion sensing that's yeah. like super accurate, and then the haptic feedback and the triggers for the Dual Sense controller. It's it's so impressive what they've done. I think it's worthy of, of game of the year discussion. Okay, um, Ooh, that's last, bold. Yeah, that's a little hot take right there. Uh, we could talk more about that in another episode. I would love to be talking about Gran Turismo. Um, I think rounding rounding out the roundup is uh, WWE 2K22. Yes. I'm not a big fan of those games, to be honest. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? Uh, just that it was a release. You know, I feel like it'd be important to remind people what comes out as well um right. it did release today so uh, apparently it's received very well i know w uh i know 2k uh 21 was apparently abysmal like as far as the release goes it's either 21 or 20 and i know that it set the franchise back super hard um i know as a kid me and my cousins the wcw games the wwe games like we went ham at the family reunions so like that game does have a little space in my uh, memory banks and in my heart. Uh, will I be picking it up? No, but for those of you that are interested out there, it also released. Um, I would like to bring up, it might be a triggering some, uh, subject for some, uh, just to round out the roundup. Uh, rumors are circulating right now that the RTX 3090 Ti will be launching uh, at the end of the month. Uh, do I think we need a 3090 Ti? No. Do gamers need 3090s? Period. No, you do not need it. Stop it. You are not doing machine learning. Like, you do not need it. Go home, reassess your life, return it, and get a 3080. <laughs> like, you don't need it. But if you have it, I'm happy for you, and I am actually... You know what, man? I, I love the fact that you threw that in there just to spite uh, AJ Darkfire. I have uh, to. All love, man. Uh, love that you're watching the show. Uh, but yeah, that's, <laughs> that oh, is... man, that's a nice way to end the roundup, I think. Yes, I think so as well. That is the weekly roundup. Now, if uh, you will give us all a minute, I am going to jump us to a short break. Uh, when we return, we'll be discussing Star Wars Eclipse and... Pokemon Gen 9. Please, guys, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back to Geeks and Goblins. Hope, uh, I hope you didn't miss us too bad. I don't hope you didn't miss us too bad. Where did we leave off? What are we on now? Star Wars Eclipse. Star Wars Eclipse. What, what is Star Wars Eclipse for those that are uh, the uninitiated, as Bane would say? So, for all those Padawans out there who don't know uh, what Star Wars Eclipse is, um, it's a story-driven with action mechanics uh, video game set in a new era of Star Wars that was just introduced in a publishing campaign for books and comic books. It's called The High Republic, set roughly a, uh, maybe 200 years prior to The Phantom Menace. So you're still going to have some characters like Yoda being there, but nothing like Anakin or Obi-Wan, any of those like main central characters of the prequel trilogy. Yep. Um, so it's essentially like the canon version of the Old Republic of the past. Um, so it's being made by Quantic Dream, 
who they have uh, fame for working on Heavy Rain, uh, Detroit, uh, Become Human, and I believe there's another one. I think it's Beyond Two Souls. Yeah, Beyond Two uh, Souls. Has, yeah. Um, they're basically working on it, and, uh, you know, it's rumored to come out. Um, uh, when is it rumored to come out? You, you, uh, you want to say that out loud real quick? Oh, yeah. Um, let the world know. <laughs> It, it it is rumored 2027 2028 like now it, it yes it is a uh cinematic adventure based story game that's supposed to they're supposed to be adding some action adventure elements to it um i oh, that trailer blew us away like the star wars fandom was in shambles <laughs> like I remember watching the trailer and going like, "What is this? Like, what, what, what the hell? Like, what are we watching? What is? This? It looks beautiful. Like, what is this?" I remember just being absolutely floored, and uh, just to hear that it's catching a, a six-year delay—that's yeah. hefty for a video game. Yeah, that's so hefty. Yeah, and. Uh, I think uh, you may be a little bit more informed as to why the delay happened, but uh, uh, fill us in. Let us know. So, when they put out that trailer, uh, the main, the main focus of the trailer, of course, was to get people hyped up for the video game. But it had a secondary purpose to recruit developers to the studio. Um, a whole what two, two, three months have passed since the game awards, yep. since the trailer even came out. And the positions that they've been trying to fill are still open. So they're struggling to get developers to join. And it's probably because of everything going on with Quantic Dream. Uh, the head of the studio, David Cage, he's had some sexual harassment suits being okay. like, or claims against him. Uh, yeah. There's been reports of toxicity and uh, crunch mm. overworking in the studio. And it's unfortunate that such a shitty workplace is going to ruin possibly what could have been the greatest uh, Star Wars game of all time. Um, I'm telling you, like, months before this was announced, they had announced the Knights of the Old Republic remake, yeah. and that shot up to my number one anticipated game. Still uh, my number one anticipated future. game. Right. Um, but Star Wars Eclipse actually surpassed it. It just looks so cool. The idea that it would be like this RPG with action mechanics, yeah. I was all for it. Um, apparently, it, it's rumored to have multiplayer mechanics to it as well. Really? But at this point, who who even knows if this game's going to come out at this point? Look, man, I, it, it's 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 kind of a shame what the back end of the video game industry is right now. Uh, and I, I I'd say kind of a shame. It's a shame what the back end of the video game industry is right now. Um, everything with going that was going on with Blizzard Activision. Um, obviously, stuff going on right now with dream uh quantic dream pardon it it's such a it was it was such a male dominated industry and it's it's it requires so much change and that's not even like touching on like crunch stuff like like which is not yeah. good in any business but like it, it's a shame that this that that we can't seem to get it together enough to 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 get games out like this isn't like a Oh, we're pushing the game back in a year. Oh, we're pushing the game back uh, in a, uh, two years. This is a six-year delay, six, seven-year delay. That I will be almost forty. <laughs> oh my! Ooh. I will be almost yeah. 
40 by the time this game potentially comes out. Like, what am I supposed to do with it? What am I supposed to do with that? And, and, and for a game that could be super, super influential to the franchise itself, you know? Star Wars, I think we took a step in the right direction with uh, Jedi Fallen Order. I think we yeah. absolutely did as far as, like, quality of game. I, I don't think we've gotten such good games like that since uh, KOTOR 1 and KOTOR 2. And right. to have more cinematic experiences, to have more story-driven games in Star Wars is so important because those old games, while they did have good story elements, those older games were super just kind of, like, action-heavy, especially when you're looking at Battlefront 1, Battlefront 2, and then, you know, the new Battlefront 1, Battlefront story is such an important element to star wars and the fact that we don't have many strong story games in star wars i i was really looking forward to this one and man i don't know if i don't know if 40 year old chris has the patience i mean you know that's assuming it even like gets to the finish line um unfortunately just i think there's too much smoke here i i i wouldn't be surprised to hear that it's been canceled uh, as early as like the end of this year if not even earlier. Not the route of thirteen thirteen. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Oh, that's the, um, yet another game that could have been like at the very pinnacle of Star Wars video games that was just canceled, and it, it's heartbreaking, man. Especially like with Star Wars and Disney trying to push the High Republic. We're getting a Disney Plus show. Yep. We're getting more video games in the High Republic. Um, we're getting uh, like uh, we're rumored to be getting a movie in the High Republic. It, it's a shame. It really is, and this topic, like, it needed to be talked about, but uh, I'm, I'm heartbroken right now. <laughs> oh, absolutely, and I, I think it's, like, a prime example, a little bit of what Cyberpunk kind of suffered from as well. Like, the hype engine has become the selling point for video games. We, before yeah. we even see gameplay games nowadays, companies are pushing for, like, the pre-order now, pre-order now, we gotta go platinum, like, oh, also, we also need people to come work, like... This is going to be the new it game like cyberpunk was touting itself as like the greatest game of all time almost so i mean like yeah. it, it sucks so hard that you know we are in a day and age and it's not even necessarily just about video games we live in a day and age now where it's the the hype machine fuels like admittedly i was more hyped for batman than i should have been i'm not even a batman fan like i am like i am a batman hater if i be completely honest like i'm familiarized myself with his lore and like the mythology of the character but like i'm i would not generally be excited for a batman movie. but like it was so hype the marketing was done so well and um i was yeah. telling azu um the the marketing team behind cyberpunk they just need to start their own firm because they sold <laughs> that game like it was yes. nobody's business and they sold that game like it was King Midas's hand in a box, and we got, we got, like we got care, we got pudding, we got like a half a pudding cup, initially, <laughs> like and it yeah. is, and I feel like that's that was probably a little bit of what they were trying to start doing in Star Wars Eclipse. Like I don't, yeah. I don't want to come for them like that, but like how dare they give us a a CGI trailer for a game we're not going to see in for almost a decade. Listen, all I want to say, uh, continuing that trend of, like, Cyberpunk's uh, marketing team needing to start their own uh, firm, 
Uh, same thing goes to whoever created this trailer. They need to make a full-blown, like, show or movie with that team. Like, uh, uh, that needs to happen. That needs to happen. I'd like to think because of the magnitude of the, the, the IP and the franchise, um, I'd like to think what ends up happening um, is maybe we don't get a cancellation, but maybe we end up moving I I I don't see because this takes place during the High Republic. I don't see this not being a part of their um, let's call it uh, mission um, for what they're doing with the High Republic um, as a uh, stepping stone in Star Wars. I don't see them just letting this become. There's no way they get in a call with these guys and they're like, oh, uh, look, uh, Mickey, we're having some problems. Uh, we're, we're we might not see this game for ten years. Those Disney snipers are gonna load up and start firing, <laughs> man. And the yeah. next thing you know, it'll be Star Wars Eclipse uh, by Naughty Dog. Like, there's there's just no Ooh. way that this don't just that gets me. pushed to the way. Thirteen, thirteen, I think was a little different. Like yeah, I think thirteen, thirteen got canceled mainly because that was during the period that Disney had purchased Lucasfilms, and they were just trying to wipe the slate clean, uh, create their own canon. Um, I think for a good couple of years, the fan base was really hurt that the expanded and extended universe was kind of like shoved to the wayside. But we've seen them reincorporate certain things from the old canon to the new canon. And I just, uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. We're, we're going to have to see. Um, I think at this point, um, I don't see this going to another studio. If it doesn't get canceled, I think Quantic, Quantic Dreams is going to be the studio that finishes it. Um, I just think it, it won't be as bad to Disney considering that it's now open season for Star Wars games. Yeah. Uh, the EA exclusivity has been uh, ended. Uh, we have Ubisoft coming out with an open world uh, Star Wars game. Uh, it's rumored to be a Mandalorian game, by the yep. way. Uh, we have a bunch of other Star Wars games. I heard one is going to be like an XCOM type of game set in the High oh, Republic. Don't get me excited. Uh, <laughs> don't you get me excited. So, <laughs> I think... I think there's plenty uh, in the next couple of years that's going to come out to kind of mitigate and at least like keep us patient for Star Wars Eclipse um, if it does come out. Um, I, I really hope it does. I really hope it does. Here, same. Moving on. Um, it's funny. I'm actually looking at our little little uh, run of show. I'm looking at our next topic, and there's a bulletin. Uh, there's there's a bullet that just has nothing on. Uh, and I, I don't know how I missed that. Uh, uh, moving on. Uh, Pokemon Gen 9, our last topic for the night. Uh, I gotta be honest. I, I thought it was announced much sooner than I thought they would announce another generation of Pokemon. Much, yeah. much sooner. I don't... Maybe I need a refresher. When did uh, Sword and Shield come out? I'm gonna search it, so you don't necessarily have to answer, but... Um, Sword and Shield... <laughs> Sword and Shield came out in 2019. Yeah. That's yeah. Gen 8. Yeah. That's wild. That's wild. So, like, it's it's time for a new mainline Pokemon game. But I, I feel what you're saying. It does feel like too soon. And I think it's because Pokemon Legends just came out. I think if that didn't just come out, it would have felt like the perfect time to do it. Um, but yeah, I agree with you. So, so do you think that the success of Pokemon Legends Arceus, because if I, I, if I remember reading correctly, its sales numbers were ridiculous. 
Yeah. Like yeah. It, 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 it far exceeded um, expectations. But do you think the success of Legends Arceus is why they even announced it? I don't know. I don't know. I feel like this was already all planned. Um, at this point, like this, this game has been in development for a couple of years at this point, right? So mm. I think this was part of their marketing beats. I think it's a little coincidental that it came out around the same, or that the announcement happened around the same time that Pokemon Legends came out. Uh, I feel like Pokemon Legends being successful would have meant that they would have delayed this announce announcement, not move it up sooner. If that makes any sense. Okay. Yeah, I, that tracks. I understand. I don't know. It's not that I'm not excited. I I, I know that like people people are probably watching and they're hearing me and they're hearing me sigh and stuff. <laughs> like like it's not that I'm not excited. Uh, it's just I I don't know if it's too soon. You know, like. I've always been of the mind since we got the um, uh, Hello Pikachu and Hello Eevee. Um, I've always been of the mind that they were using those games as kind of test tester games because we didn't need them. They weren't they weren't really anything new for the franchise. They were dumbed down Pokemon like extraordinarily watered down. And the only real new thing that really got people excited was you could see Pokemon in the overworld. So, but not even like. It, was, it didn't feel special to see them in the open. It just felt like something they were trying. And then we got right. um, Sword and Shield, where, again, we saw them in the overworld. But, again, it didn't feel special. They were there. Like, it was, it was, less, of, it was less hide and seek and more, you know, oh, I want that. Or I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go fight that. So, right. of course, you know, for me, when, I, when Legends Arceus got announced, I was like, this, was, this is that. This is what they were testing those waters for. They wanted to see what would get people excited. So I think that's what this is. And but and as exciting as a as a concept as that is for me, I still think it was too soon. I, I think we're gonna have to wait and see until the end of the year. I think going forward, we're probably gonna be getting multiple Pokemon games a year. I wouldn't be surprised. Mm. I mean, that franchise prints money. Um, we'll have to see. Uh, I'm I'm concerned. That Pokemon Legends being what it was might cannibalize some of the sales for Pokemon. Uh, was it Scarlet? Uh, uh, yeah, Scarlet, and, uh, Scarlet and is it Violet? It's Scarlet and Violet. Scarlet and Violet. Okay. Mm -hmm. uh, Team Violet over here, all the way. By the way. Oh no. <laughs> 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 uh, I don't know, man. We'll, we'll have to wait and see. It, it, the announcement did come uh, to a surprise. Like, it did surprise me a little bit. Um, I don't know. We'll have to see. Um, it, it looks like a continuation of Sword and Shield. It looks more like that than it does Pokemon Legends, which it makes me a little sad because Pokemon Legends is kind of the direction I've been wanting Pokemon to go for the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, if they kind of just like go backwards it'll feel a little little weird for me that's fair that 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 can make sense so so let what let, let's talk about the the important thing right let, let let's get into the nitty-gritty what everybody really wants to hear why why people may have came here for pokemon um uh so like I like to do this thing where I don't choose the one that Mia chooses because just I don't know if if we are gonna battle I want to be able to like 
you know, kind of like, you know, have an advantage a little bit because she played Pokemon for a lot longer than I have, so I need a handicap. Uh, she is going to choose Sprigadito. That's absolutely what she's going with. I'm going to be going with Donald Duck uh, or whatever uh, that uh, duck character is called. <laughs> Uh, I think I lost you audio-wise. There we go. Haha. -ha, sorry. Weird thing happened. Uh, I'm sorry. You're going with Quaxley? Quaxley looks like a bitch. <laughs> 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 So, which one are you going with? I'm okay. going with Sprigatito, so my guy. Oh, damn it. You know, I, that's a safe pick. You're lucky you chose that one because I can't trash talk that one if I want to sleep in my own bed tonight. Like, I'm sorry. I got I to gotta say this. He he looked like a snitch. Quaxley looks like a snitch. Yeah, he does. Which is why I call him Donald Duck. <laughs> I'm just saying. I, I, I feel like I don't want to tell him anything. He looks at, look how I, I, intense he's looking at you. And it's the hair for me. Like everyone says, it looks like a hat or a wing. It looks like he has a slick back, and like it, it looks like he's. That's how he. That's who he looks like. Um, what's the old uh, Michael Douglas movie? Oh. oh my god. Um. Oh my god. The one where he's like an executive. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. I forget what it's called. He looks like that. He looks like he wants <laughs> to like commit corporate espionage, <laughs> and it makes me so uncomfortable. <laughs> He looks like privilege. Like, like, like. I, I think the main reason I want to choose him is because I saw some of like the leaked images of like evolutions and stuff, and he does end up looking pretty cool. But um, I, I, I do agree. You know, none like of those are real right now. Right. You know right. they not. Well, wait and see. I also have an affinity for water types. That tends to be my move, mainly because I, I like the color blue and I love the water. Um. Yeah. That's I mean, fair. That's why I'm going. I mean, he looks like his dad owns a yacht anyway, so, like, that's fine. Like, um, go go where your heart wants to go. No Fue Coco? You don't want to get Fue Coco? Fue Coco looks really cute. He's uh, so adorable. Look, look at him. He looks like he's having so much fun. He's just happy to be there. He looks so um, fucking happy. Maybe closer to the game, I might change my mind, uh, but I think I'm going to stick with my gut and go with Quacky. Yeah, no, I, I, I need the weed cap. I, I need the weed cap. It let's let's the be real. Cap. Like we can all be honest. We're all adults here. That's a weed cat. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's a weed cat. Sprigatito. That's that's the homie. I'm going with Sprigatito. Um, and I'm Beautiful. naming mine Mary Jane, regardless of gender. Mary Jane. Regardless of gender. Oh man. Well, I have See, to read this comment because it just made me so happy. He looks like he's walking to an all-you-can-eat buffet full of joy. Like that is way <laughs> <Sway> Coco. <laughs> He's so cute. He's he so cute. He really like, is. It hurts me how how cute he is. Uh, <laughs> it, it it really does. I don't know if he's like I don't know if he's an Italian region. I I don't know about that. I've heard I think, I've heard Spain. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's Spain. I think it's definitely Spain. Which you know hurts me because I was excited for the idea of Italy, 
Uh, I don't mind Spain. I love Spanish culture. Uh, it, it's going to be very interesting to uh, see how they incorporate that into the world. I think Sword and Shield was England. So this is like the complete opposite of England that you can get. Uh, so that's going to be an interesting aspect of it. Oh, yeah. I, I remember reading... Um, I, we, I remember reading that... Um, it, it that it seemed like they were hinting towards India. Um, something along the lines of I forget what the elephant Pokemon name is, but where it's from, um, it's um the the professor from Legends Arceus, um, apparently is like from the same place, and it's heavily hinted at that that place is like India inspired. So um, I, I became aware of this after I saw um. After I saw the trailer for um, uh, Violet and Scarlet, but I would have actually really liked to see an India. Uh, there's yeah. there's a lot of um, there's a lot of conversation about um, the diversity of the regions in Pokemon on TikTok right now, and um, a lot of people are calling for an Africa region and an India region, and um, I actually think those would both be very interesting. Don't get me wrong; I think Spain would also be really interesting. India and Africa would be really dope. Do you know, like, I was actually having this conversation with me a couple of weeks ago. I would absolutely love to see, like, South America as well. Oh, it'd be that, great. That'd be really cool. It'd be um, really, really cool. But, yeah, I, you're right. I mean, it does seem like most of the Pokemon regions have that very samey feel to them. Uh, this does look very, it looks at least completely different than Sword and Shield did, which gives me a little bit of hope that they're going to be a little bit more diverse in the future. Um, but I mean, we're gonna have to wait and see. But yeah, India would be really cool. Africa would be freaking awesome. Oh, Australia yeah. would be great. Um, I don't know, man. Like the Nordic regions were, would be great. That'd be cool. Um, I, I yeah. From what I've heard, I think I, to my understanding, uh, the Pokemon company has bases their games off of where they have headquarters. Like their locations, or not necessarily headquarters, but where they have like work workers stationed and stuff like that, so that they can get a better understanding of the culture in that region before they go there, which is really dope. Considering you know, um, yeah. uh, some people would say of the Japanese that they're not very, um, I don't want to say uh, inclusive of certain cultures, but um, that they're uh, they they tend to know what they know. Let let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, so, um, it would be really dope, but, like, I think if that is their, their, their goal, I, I'm, I don't think they have headquarters in India or Africa or a, a good number of, a good number of places. Uh, ethnocentric is the word that, uh, <laughs> that popped up in chat that might describe that well. So, um, unfortunately, I, I don't want to say unfortunately, because it's not out of the realm of possibility. Um, I would like to see those, those regions of the world, um, be brought to light one day that would that would actually be maybe like it maybe all in one game like with the way things are going into a live service model it'd be cool Ooh. to have a pokemon where you can visit multiple regions in one game that would be cool finally get that pokemon mmo we've been wanting most we of have, uh, live action sprigatito ready there she is right there all right guys we're, we're we're gearing up towards the end here uh we we weren't gonna do this but we're gonna do it. <laughs> uh, we will be featuring a one v one. A one v one. I have been challenged 
by a member of the chat themselves, AJ Darkfire, to 1v1 Apollo and Smite. So we are going to do that. We're going to step away for a moment. We're going to set that up. Um, <laughs> it's probably going to be quick. But <laughs> uh, I'm going to try my best, but we are going to give you my point of view. Uh, and it will be casted by the wonderful Utopian Revolt. He will, uh, he will be doing some wonderful smite casting. <laughs> Stay tuned. We're going to go to break. I'm hearing don't do it, but I, I have to do it. I, I have to do it. I told them I would. I already checkmarked it in the Discord. Stay tuned. We'll be right back for the final segment of our show. Don't go anywhere. It's, uh, it's going to be a slaughter. Stay tuned. As, as per usual, guys, thank you for tuning in to uh, OG Goblin Gaming presents Geeks and Goblins featuring uh, the one and only Utopian Revolt. You guys know where to find us, man. Come and uh, enjoy Geeks and Goblins again next Friday with Utopian Revolt and I. Uh, we don't know what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be great. Thank you guys for tuning in. As always, we will see you on the next one. Everybody, good night.